research that resonates. Schweitzer has not been wrong on any of his years and years of reporting on the Bidens. Investigations that matter. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But that's, you know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. The only entities, the only people that would report on this, and Peter Schweitzer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view. This is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer. Hi, this is Peter Schweitzer, and welcome to The Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism, corruption, and the abuse of power in Washington, D.C. Seated by my side is Eric Eggers, who is wearing yet another hoodie. Uh, You may be struggling because of economic uncertainty in your life, but uh, clearly your financial situation is pretty good given the quality of the hoodies that I'm seeing these days. Well, absolutely. You know, thanks to you and, uh, you know, your generosity and the generosity of our donors. I think my personal situation is I'm becoming too big to fail and uh, I'm loving it. (laughs) Too big to fail. And if you were a bank, you would be bailed out. That's correct. Uh, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why people's economic uncertainty, aside from my hoodie collection, is actually quite fraught these days. Uh, you got banks failing left yeah. and right. And, uh, you know, you, you see the phrase global economic collapse just casually thrown out mm-hmm. on social media. Luckily, that has not happened. Right. Um, although it would make for a great podcast if it did. It would. It would make for a great podcast. We'd probably do it in sackcloths and and uh, with this. No, uh, I'd still wear my elite hoodie collection. Was, but <laughs> just to kind of rub it in. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> Things are not going well for you. Well, we're going to talk today about the very, very controversial bailout that took place uh, for Silicon Valley Bank, SVB, as it's known. Well, now, hang on. We bailed out the clients, not the bank. You know, that's capitalism. Well, I mean, it's, the same, it's the same thing, right? It's the same thing. You're bailing out the bank through the clients. And we're going to talk about that subject, actually. Is this actually capitalism? Uh, is this crony capitalism? Why is F- SVB getting bailed out when other entities are not? Um, and we're going to explore some of the inner workings of why SVB failed, why it's being bailed out, who are some of the people that are going to benefit mm-hmm. uh, from this, uh, people that maybe had their money at SVB Bank and were, let's say, making calls to federal authorities to try to get that that bailout through. It's going to be a very interesting conversation, and I love this conversation, Eric, because it's yet another example of how the so-called smart set, the very smart people, the masters of the universe that are supposed to have everything figured out, it shows how oftentimes they lack complete common sense. Uh, it, it's This is probably my second favorite story along this line. It reminds me of long-term capital management back in 1998. By the way, I just want to pause. And you had expressed some concerns about the, the nature of this podcast being, being a little dry and d- bereft of personality. <laughs> and then you just used a phrase called long-term capital management. That's is that, right. Is that your effort to spice things up? It is. I'm spicing it up. and okay. But it's a great story. Is this here's a management seminar? What are we doing? Here's a great it's a great example of the hubris of elites, which is what Silicon Valley Bank is. In 1998, sorry, long-term capital management was bailed out. This was a financial investment firm that did not have one, did not have two, actually had three Nobel laureates in (laughs) economics that were members, and it freaking crashed and burned. And the FDIC, the, the the federal government, had to get, I think it was 13 banks to rescue these guys because they had th- totally blown it up. 
In the case of SVB, it's very similar, right? This is supposed to be the tech-savvy bank. This is the one that all the tech startups deal with. This is where the masters of the universe who are charting our future keep their money, and the bank collapses. And by the way, my favorite statistic is, we all know, we've all heard, if you put money in the bank, it's going to be protected by the federal government up to $250,000. Which is funny because I, I remember the first time I ever opened a bank account yep. as like a nine-year-old, right? right? And I right. asked, hey, what happens if the bank is robbed? Because when you're right. nine, like that is the threat. Yes. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> going to show up with a mask and take my money. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm for real. <laughs> and, and the lady was like, uh, well, don't worry. The FDIC insures all your money up to $250,000. It's crazy that in... 35 years, that number hasn't increased at all. That's right. It's, it, I think it was slightly, I think it went from 200 to 250, but you're right. It hasn't changed, but here's the great statistic. All these smart Silicon Valley people that had money there, more than 90% of them had well over $250,000 guaranteed by the FDIC. Uh, so you wonder if they're that smart, why were they just putting it all in? Perhaps it's because they knew they were going to get bailed out. That, so to me, that is the craziest stat, right? I mean, there's other crazy stats. We'll talk about Gavin Newsom's connection to it. We'll also talk about, you talk about, it reminded me of something that happened in 1998. It reminds me of something that happened in 2008, which you actually wrote a book about, uh, and how this is yet another example of the smart sets hubris yeah. and the pursuit of a utopian ideal collapses under the weight of irrational expectations and ultimately benefits China. Right. Which is insane, but that's what's going to happen here. Yeah. Uh, and so, but the fact is that 97% of the bank's deposits, because 90% of the people in the bank had more than $250,000. Yeah. So 97% of the money that the bank held was not insured by the federal government. That's one of the reasons why <laughs> it's a big dang deal. And that's actually, to me, this should be the headlines. So when Joe Biden says, oh, we're going to bail out the customers, right. not the bank itself. Well, hold up. I didn't realize, I don't think anybody realized that you're based, based on that quote that you're bailing out millionaires. Right, exactly. I mean, let, I'm going to go on a limb here and suggest that there's not a lot of people who are, uh, let's say, working blue-collar jobs that are looking around for a bank and they're saying, I think I'm going to go with SVB. That's the one that I'm going to feel comfortable with. No, this was uh, of the elite. Uh, this was of the Silicon Valley elite. And the, the, the question is, why did they get in trouble? And one of the reasons they got into trouble is because so much of their banking was done with tech firms, mm -hmm. tech businesses. And many of them actually don't make money. They're great concepts. They're great ideas. But the numbers that actually make money is not that great. And the problem is if you're in the business of giving loans to businesses and those businesses aren't making money, you're going to eventually have a problem. One of the quotes from the article says, SVP was reputed for offering banking services to startups that often weren't profitable, in some cases didn't even have a product, and would otherwise <laughs> have a hard time getting a line of credit or a loan from a larger bank. Right. To be honest with you, this what this reminds me of, and it's true because it's connected. So we did a story uh, maybe six months ago, but we did we talked about how was, was gas prices are up. And one of the reasons why gas prices are up is that the Biden administration's incentive structures are not in line with helping oil companies produce oil, yeah. right? Not in line with helping gas companies produce more gas. They're trying to get them to shift towards more green energy things. Right. And, th and that includes spending a ton of money or allocating a ton of financial incentives for these carbon capture, carbon credit technologies. And one of the lines in those articles said something like, um, companies are now spending hundreds of millions of dollars uh, to create a thing in the future, or to capture something in the future, right. based on technology that doesn't yet exist. Right. 
And so like that's where the big corporations <laughs> of the country have gone. Right. That's what this bank invested in, essentially. Right. right. And this bank just collapsed. It yeah, was the exactly. second largest bank collapse in U.S. history, the first major financial collapse since 2008. And so, I, you know, I'm not one to throw out. I think things will be fine, maybe. But if if the whole Biden economy and gold is based on this and yeah. this is what happens when you base it on this. Yeah. Maybe people are right to be worried. Yeah, no, no, that's exactly right to be worried. And 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 the point is Silicon Valley Bank was engaged in speculative loans. I mean, banks are really not investors, right? It's one thing if you and I decide, hey, we're gonna open up a pizza place. And by the way, you and I would have an excellent pizza place, I think, if we did this. I feel like your taste and decor would be terrible. Just to be <laughs> like <laughs> But we'd be very methodical about pizza production, right? Okay, sure. Because you're Swiss. I get it. <laughs> And we'd use Swiss cheese, of course. Um, but no, seriously, I mean, if we open up a pizza place, we would invest our money. We couldn't go to a bank and say, hey, we've got, they would say, okay, put up your home, Eric. Peter, put up your home, put up some collateral. We're not in the business of, of investing in speculation, but at least in the case of a pizza place, you actually have, product. you have a product. In this case, they were investing in a lot of harebrained, let's say tech companies. That's not the role of a bank. Uh, because a bank is federally insured and they shouldn't be engaging in that kind of loan activity. Uh, the other problem, of course, is that F SVB was a big proponent of so-called ESG, environmental, social and governance uh, standards. Um, their measure was not always the profitability of businesses. It was their ability to influence uh, you know, creating a better environment. Um, we serve those creating positive environmental change is what the SVB bra uh, website would brag. Uh, of course, what they should have been saying, we serve those creating positive cash flow uh, would probably be more beneficial for a bank. So they got into problems because they were investing in the tech sector where they really had no reason to do it. They were taking excessive risk, but they also went off on these SVP banking services. The Wall Street Journal noted SVP was reputed for offering banking services to startups that weren't profitable, um, that would have a hard time getting a loan from another bank, as you said earlier. And many of these were in this space of ESG. So it's you know, only a question of time before something like this is going to implode. The other thing, too, I mean, it's always it's easy to do postmortems when like a bank collapses. You go, sure. like, OK, well, why? And there's lots of other reasons, including the fact that we have major conflicts of interest in terms of some of the governance and some of the relationships. But, you know, it's it's it is sort of irresistible to ding them on things like their 2022 report said where they boast about finding, quote, financials, financing solutions for a healthier planet. Their goal was to have 100% of their employees undergo diversity, equity, and inclusion education by 2023 and increase loans and investments to companies working to accelerate uh, the clean energy transition. So that's great until it all goes away. Yeah. And then they want the federal government to bail them out. And it was helpful because, of course, SVP has a lot of powerful friends. Now, we should all take comfort in the fact that the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, of course, Silicon Valley Bank headquartered based out of California, was very concerned about SVB. Uh, and he said uh, during the crisis, over the last 48 hours, I've been in touch with the highest levels of leadership at the White House and Treasury. Uh, he issued a statement about how he was trying to interact and to make sure that the federal government was going to help take care of SVB and make sure it didn't collapse. But there's a problem, isn't there? There's a couple problems. <laughs> One of them is uh, 
the law. The, <laughs> the law makes this a little more complicated. Okay. Because uh, California law bans officials from influencing decisions in which they have a financial interest. Who wait, knew? wait, wait. You're saying that Gavin Newsom had a financial interest in SVB? Well, I guess it depends on how you define financial interest. <laughs> like, was he gambling on the bank? You know, like that's right. what, like, you know, my uncle used to say, oh, I've got a slight financial interest in this basketball game. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, and that's why he lost a finger. No, that's not true. But uh, no, so he, the, what Gavin Newsom, I guess, failed to disclose uh, is that he does have, in fact, uh, several financial interests yeah. in this bank. Um, his companies are had been owned. Uh, in fact, his companies are listed as clients of SVB right. on the bank website. Three of his wineries, Cade, which is, by the way, a beautiful winery. You know, that- it's beautiful. Odette. Did you take a tour or? Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, not uh, from Gavin, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Gavin didn't invite you. No, but it's, that's a great place, right? If so you'd, if you'd work for SVB bank, he probably, I personally have. am glad that Cade has been saved. I'll just <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, but he, so yeah, so number one, his companies are clients of the bank that they tout on the dang website. And then, you know, we've talked about Gavin Newsom before and yeah. how he has these really interesting relationships with companies because California law permits something called behested payments. Yeah, ter- terrible idea. You think it's, a, you don't think like you think allowing a legal mechanism by which companies can give unrestricted amounts of money <laughs> to other companies or to other nonprofits on behalf of the governor is a bad idea. Yeah, I think the only debate for me about behested payments is this bribery or is this extortion? It could go either way. Mm-hmm. But basically, behested payments payments say a political official can request that a individual or a company or a labor union, whoever, give to certain charities. And in the case of SAB, it's not only that Gavin Newsom asked for donations to a charity, he asked Silicon Valley Bank to give a donation to which charity? His wife's charity. Ah. And they did it. They gave yeah. his wife's charity $100,000, yeah. um, which is another thing that he maybe didn't tout when he was clamoring for <laughs> the Biden administration to swoop in and, and save the deal. By the way, Gavin Newsom, $23 million in payments to groups at his behest last yeah. year. So it's I mean, a shakedown. It's a shakedown. If the governor calls you and says, I'd like you to donate to my wife's charity or to another charity, what are you going to say? No. I mean, the next time the regulatory you know, issue comes up, you're in big trouble. By the way, this charity, his wife's charity, California Partners Project, uh, the president of SBB Bank, who's responsible for their funds management, was himself a founding member of the wife's board of directors. This is what you call an incestuous relationship between government and business. Well, speaking of incestuous, um, we have, you know, another question that gets raised, wait a minute, you know, banks are heavily regulated, Yeah. right? Lots of oversight. I mean, lots of paperwork. Uh, We Mm -hmm. keep it fast and loose here at the Drill Down Podcast. (laughs) At banks, you're not really supposed to do that, right? Right, It's like, get a check a lot of boxes, right? um, you know, like like lots of quality assurance, lots of auditing, things of that nature. Um, So it becomes a little more complicated when the former president and CEO of the bank, a guy named Greg uh, Beaker or Greg Becker, was actually a director on one of those regulatory agencies, the San Francisco Fed Board, before the bank failed. Now, you might ask the question of, well, wait, how is it possible that somebody who used to run the bank gets to now be in charge of the entity that oversees the bank? Right. And the, the logic that they use here is, well, he's smart. He knows how banks work. Uh, and, and what they always ignore is the huge, massive problem of conflict of interest. And this is where I actually give Bernie Sanders some credit. I don't do that very often, but he's the one that raised this problem to begin with. And he's got a bill 
designed to actually correct this, which I think is a great idea. I'm not an accent guy, but it's like almost like I'm like or an impression guy, but it's almost impossible not to read this quote from him in the Bernie Sanders voice. But he says one of the most absurd aspects of the Silicon Valley Bank. This is what he put on Twitter the other day is that the CEO was a director of the same body in charge of regulating it, the San Francisco Fed. I'll be introducing a bill to end this conflict of interest by banning big bank CEOs from serving on Fed boards. It should be pointed out that, you know, the last time we had this economic collapse issue, it, yep. they the big piece of legislation that they created, the Dodd-Frank Act, it actually changed the law to exclude bank executives serving on regional Fed boards from participating in the selection of bank presidents. The change was meant to prevent banks in the regional Fed districts from selecting the official charge with overseeing their yep. day. So, like, everyone's recognized, hey, this is a problem. It was yeah. kind of part of the problem before. Uh, we should do something about it. And they did, except for here. Yeah, exactly right. And and I give Sanders credit. I mean, he's right about this. And this is one of the themes that we always talk about uh, on this podcast is big business and big government actually love each other. They support each other. They reinforce each other. This is not capitalism. This is crony capitalism. And when you look at sort of the the arguments that some people are making in favor of this, uh, bailout. I, I think they're they're you know they're absolutely uh, absurd. Um, you know, look at the debate we've had in the country about bailing out people on student loans. I'm not in favor of that. Why? Because of something called moral hazard. You have to remind people that if they take risks, they take out loans. There may be consequences. So be careful when you take out loans. Moral hazard should apply to these big banks as well. And that's the big problem here with this bailout, uh, in my mind, which is if you're afraid that there's going to be more risk taking down the road, that there's going to be more SVB banks, there's going to be more like the 2008 financial crisis, you are only encouraging that behavior by bailing them out when they do stupid things. That means people, you know, putting $2 million in a bank account that's only guaranteed to 250000 I mean, that, that's just a sort of a basic rule. Or if you are a bank making risky investments in companies that don't actually make money, you should fail and suffer the consequences of it. Uh, because if you don't, you're going to be encouraged to do it more next time because that's okay. High risk, high reward, high risk. It's okay. We're going to get bailed out. So let me ask you this. Is there any possible defense of the bailout on behalf of you know the United States administration because a bailout conceptually keeps the total collapse and bankruptcy, which then would allow, because as you noted, this is, this is kind of like the best think tanky technology stuff that exists in Silicon Valley, right? Like right. This, is the, this is the cutting edge. This is the new thing. There's a lot of green energy things here. Right. These are all, this is where the future is going. For, allegedly. Allegedly, right? If the, in the Biden administration, people of the similar mindset continue yeah. to say, this is where we have to go for climate change reasons, everything else. So this is an important technology, not just economically, but even conceptually from a national security standpoint. This is, but you know, and so, and so the point yeah. is, is that if you allow it to collapse, if you allow everything to go away, China stands ready, eager to swoop in as they've done before. Right. They buy up the stuff that we invest in; it fails. They right. buy it up on the cheap. Yep. And then they take they they take it to their country and then implement it and then come back and try to sell it to us. Which is, by the way, uh, why any investment in green energy stuff now essentially redounds to China's benefit because they have a patent on a lot of this stuff, right? So yeah, I yeah. guess, so does that make the bailout if it keeps China from buying up the technology and buying up the companies um, they're associated with SVB more defensible? No, I think we should restrict China from buying 
into any of sure. these high-tech companies, whether they've been bailed out, uh, whether they're struggling, uh, whether they're succeeding. I think that's the, uh, the, the larger issue. I mean, look, the government always uses the excuse of some social national interest or good uh, to do these things. Why did we have the 2008 financial crisis? Part of the reason was the federal government, beginning the Clinton administration, started telling banks home ownership is a wonderful thing, so we want you to loosen your lending standards. My favorite one was in 2006, um, Countrywide, you know, mm-hmm. the, the mortgage uh, company that went broke, gave a $800,000 mortgage to a guy that was in a mariachi band <laughs> in Los Angeles. And the argument was, hey, we want more diverse ownership. Home ownership is great. It encourages people to be more responsible citizens. In theory, but if you're giving loans to people who can't make the payments or maybe don't have the financial background to actually make payments, you end up with what we had in 2008, which was this collapse because you had all these garbage mortgages that 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 couldn't fit. Flash forward to now, we have a similar situation with green energy and with these tech companies. You've got the Biden administration. You know, we have this trillion and a half dollar bill that was, uh, you know, uh, you know, allegedly rebuilding the country, a trillion of that, a trillion of that is going to these green tech companies, which are not going to make money. Do you think the green tech now is like the, like our insistence on green tech as the future is the equivalent of the Clinton administration's home ownership is, should be the goal. They're saying it's a good thing, which yeah, I think home ownership is great, but you shouldn't hoist home ownership on people that are not prepared for it because what you're going to do is wipe out their credit. You're going to bankrupt them. So you may have a good intention, but you're going to, and it's the same thing here. It's a great intention to say, yeah, we'd love to have more solar. We'd love to have more uh, electric vehicles, make the bad batteries longer, et cetera. But when the government makes it the goal in and of itself, it creates all of these distortions. And one of the distortions is SVB collapsing because there's been this push for, you know, ESG and, and these environmental technologies and these businesses generally don't make money. And that's why they got caught. You know, you get a lot of credit for seeing around the corner about a lot of different things, right? Like you predicted, um, you, I mean, you called the Hunter Biden scandal and, and how it would be a major conflict of interest. You reported on stuff with the Clintons, uh, you know, your book, throw them all out, basically talked about how yeah, our investment and insistence on green energy in, ends up in China's pocket. I want to say that I called the collapse of some of these financial institutions because in 2009, you talk about like the, the loan stuff. Yeah. But before I bought my first house, I uh, had a contract on this townhouse and, yeah. and this part of town. I was like, you know what? this is a mistake. I already put the thousand dollars down, but then I'd like, you know what? I, I don't think I want to buy this townhouse. But then the only way for me to try to get my money back was to not be approved for the loan. <laughs> so the guy calls me and, <laughs> and he's like, hey, I would love to see that loan application. You know, you no, it's, what, well, it's not the, it's a phone call, right? Cause they want, Hey, I want to verify. And he's like, Hey, where are you going to get your down payment? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe, maybe my, Parents are going to give it to me. It's unclear. And it's yeah. like, well, how about your employment? And I was working at radio times. Like, well, I'm working at radio, but you know, it's corporate media. It's always, it's always collapsing and consolidating. Right. right. So I'm not really feeling very confident about that. I did my best <laughs> to tank the loan interview. And, and you they, did? And they, yeah, but they still gave me the dang loan. Did they really? Yeah. So it cost me a thousand bucks. I was mad because <laughs> when I end up not getting yeah. the thing. So I just, yeah. so the, the, clearly you're right. The incentives for 
loans haven't really been modified that much. The oversight for banks have not really been modified right. that much since the collapse, even after in a post Dodd-Frank environment. And yeah, we haven't learned our lesson from what happened with all the green energy stimulus stuff. And that's one of the reasons why it's still happening now. Yeah. Moral hazard is such an important concept. If you've raised kids, you know about moral hazard. It's explaining them. There are consequences when you do bad things. So please don't do these bad things uh, or we're not going to be able to protect you. It applies to children and toddlers and it applies to bankers as well. And don't let anybody tell you the failure of Silicon Valley Bank is a failure of free market capitalism, which is Bernie Sanders's line. Uh, it's a failure of the government propping up and encouraging and instilling steering our financial sector to go in certain directions that it shouldn't go. I mean, well said. You should write a book about it. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. Well, we appreciate you joining us as always, um, dissecting what has happened to our financial sector. We imagine there's probably going to be more of these down the road because the government, particularly the Biden administration, keeps hoisting uh, new demands on our financial sector. They're now using our banks as sort of a government entity or agency to accomplish the social goals that they have. And those social goals oftentimes have nothing to do with being profitable. Social goals are, are ultimately only going to benefit China financially and wreck America's economy. Other than that, well-intentioned. Yeah. Now, while we're on the topic of China, just in clothing. Yep. Where was your hoodie made? Dude, so uh, this, you know, we should get them as a sponsor on the podcast. I'm not going to say the, the brand name, but I would just say... Uh, designed in Vancouver, made in Vietnam. <laughs> okay, so we won't talk bad about Vietnam. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Uh, you can find our podcast and our research on thedrilldown.com, or you can find our podcast wherever fine podcasts can be found. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>